like for the zoom to be. Is the zoom? Is your zoom zooming? Yeah. Okay. Zam zam zooming. Okay. Okay. Welcome everybody. Um, we are so excited, Ashrenu, that we uh, are able to sit together with our holy chaver from from Yerushalayim Rakhodesh, Rabner Elkabaz, who is one of the the, the most uh, energetic and amazing Breslover Mashpiim these days. Everybody should should take a look at his uh, at the different options for his shirim on uh, SoundCloud. 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 A whole like thousands of shirim, and they're organized by Torah and subject. It's totally amazing. The mayor is, is originally from Toronto and has a lot of chaverim over here. And uh, every time he comes, <coughs> he fills us with such simcha and such such achdus and achva, really, and brings us this incredible energy from Yerushalayim Rakhodesh. Yeah and brings us all the years that he spent by Breslov and Meisharim and by all the, all the big mashbim. We're so thankful and fortunate that we have Rumer with us. And um, so we're gonna, Rumer's going to give a shir and we'll have questions afterwards and, and we'll, we'll schmooze a little bit afterwards also. Thank you for having me. It's been a wonderful journey, this, uh, this tour we're doing here. We're going to go tonight, you saw the topic, how to get out of depression, visit Hashem. It's a heavy, heavy topic, but visit Hashem. We're going to go step by step, stage by stage, to explain first the power of Simcha, <coughs> its parameters, and, uh, and then we're going to go to show as it relates to depression, and how it can be used to get out of depression. Visit Hashem, that's the goal, okay? <coughs> so first, we have to outline in the Torah, that there is a mitzvah to be happy. This is the wording of Rabbi Nachman. Mitzvah gedola liot besimcha tamid. It's a big mitzvah to be happy always. And the lit facts always ask, where is it written? Where is it written that it's a mitzvah to be happy? <laughs> it's very simple. It's in Parshat Kitavo. Parshat Kitavo is towards the end of the Chumash. There you have all the curses, 98 curses. If you don't follow the Torah, then you get hit, boom, 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 terrible things, okay? And then it says there, all this is happening tachat asher lo avadetem et Hashem elokechem besimcha uvtuv levav. All this is happening because you didn't serve Hashem with joy. It doesn't say because you didn't serve Hashem. Which we think that would, that, that's what it should have said, you know. Tachat asher lo avadetem et Hashem elokechem. Because you didn't serve Hashem, you're getting punished. No. You could be serving Hashem, but the punishments are coming because there, it's a repercussion from not serving Hashem besimcha there's the joy factor, which is the key for being protected from the damage of the, of the curses mentioned in the parsha. Meaning that this is the, what is needed in order to have like a, a safeguard and a protection that a person shouldn't fall out. Meaning what? That when punishment comes out, is activated against the Jewish people na- nationwide or on a personal level, it's because of a lack of simcha, period. A lack of simcha. A person can do everything. You begin getting up midnight, davening nets every morning, daf yomi, learning, tztaka, chesed. But if he's tisha eh, sad and heavy, you know, he's apt to, to fall off of that. There's a, there's a, it's a big, big chance it's going to fall off that. So that's what the Torah is saying. That's the key here, okay? So this, we have to see, is already stressed and illustrated in the Torah. A few things on the side I'd like to bring up. Rabbeinu Bachye, on the Chumash, on the Torah, Parshat Naso, 
He says something amazing. He says that of every mitzvah you do, there's also an, another second mitzvah that can be activated. For example, there's the mitzvah of tefillin, mitzvah of Shabbat, Yom Kippur, Etro, Glulav, Tzedakah, Talmud Torah, Kibud Avayim, okay? You get a mitzvah for doing the mitzvah, okay? If now you do the mitzvah with joy, you get a second mitzvah for doing that mitzvah with joy. He learns it out, it's in Parshat Naso, where it says, Avodat Avodah. There is, by the Levim, they had the service called Avodat Masa, that the Levites had the work of carrying the beams of the Mishkan, etc. And they had a second service, which was Avodat Avodah, the service of singing and playing the musical instruments at the Dukhan in the Beit HaMikdash while the Kohanim were doing their Avodah of their sacrifices. That is called an Avodah. A sur- it's a, avodah is a term for a mitzvah. And it's playing music, which is happy. So Rabbeinu Bachi learns out that this applies to all the mitzvot in the Torah, that when you do the mitzvot besimcha, okay, then you're credited with another, another mitzvah. Rav Nosen goes even a step further. Rav Nosen writes in the Kutah Lachot that the simcha in doing a mitzvah, get ready for this, it's a shaker. You tell us that the Vishwul, they'll fall off, okay? Uh, the, the, the simcha in doing a mitzvah is even greater than the mitzvah itself. You hear that? Unbelievable. The simcha in doing a mitzvah is even greater than the mitzvah itself. So you would think if that's the case, so let's push off, the, push to the side the mitzvot. Let me just be happy. Let me get drunk, get a high and be happy and, and that's, that's that. No, the simcha generated from the mitzvah is what creates this type of joy that's lasting and that's powerful. Agamara, I'm bringing all types of sources. I just want to hear the sources, and then we're going to get to the, to the flesh, the meat, Bezat Hashem, okay? The Gemara in Masechet Brachot, page 30, brings a story, two stories, identical, of two different Amoraim, Rabbi Zera and Abaye, that they were exceedingly happy, extremely happy. So one, Rabbi Zera was asked, or by his disciple, and the other Abaye was asked by his Rebbe, or vice versa, what are you so happy about? It's a, it's a problem to be happy. The Gemara says a warning that a person should not a person shouldn't be overly happy in this world with worldly matters, okay? So they said to him, you know, you gotta take it, they said to both of them, you got to take it easy. You can't be so happy. They brought a pasuk. One pasuk says in, in birada. you should rejoice, but with trepidation. In other words, have a limitation. Don't overdo it. You be careful. Watch your place. In other words, have a limitation. And another pasuk from Mishlei, Bechol Etzev Yemotar. The Gemara interprets like this, Etzev, which means sadness, Atzvut, Yemotar. Motar means a Yitaron. There's an advantage to be sad. Yes, you need in life to have a limitation to be sad. So both Amoraim answered the exact same answer. They both said, I'm wearing Tefillin. <laughs> I'm wearing Tefillin. And because I'm wearing Tefillin, I have every right to be extremely happy without limit. That's what the commentaries in the Gemara say. That when it comes to what's called Simchat mitzvah, being happy in doing a mitzvah, I have the right to be happy with no end, no limit, okay? This is what the Gemara teaches about the power of Simcha as it relates to the mitzvot. Now, Rabbi Nachman in the Kutim Moran and Rav Nosan in the Kutim Lachot, they go a step further and they say that Simcha is the key to help you personally now in what you're going through. Okay, that's what the mitzvot, fine and dandy. You know, there's a mitzvot and everything. 
But to tell you the truth, I'm not always doing mitzvot, and I don't feel so motivated doing mitzvot. And in fact, in my daily life, this is where I need simcha. You tell me about being simcha and mitzvah. First, let me be happy with myself, and then let's talk about <laughs> simcha and mitzvot. I need now happiness in my life, and that's the truth. Yes, in order to do mitzvot v'simcha, I have to I have to be already. I have to have the criteria of being already a happy person in order to do the mitzvot v'simcha, right? So this is the next stage that Rabbi Nachman teaches. Yes, it's true. You're going to need simcha in life big time. Because, he says, Rav Nosson explains, the key for you to have a breakthrough at every, every juncture in your life, every situation when you're faced with a major challenge, and you don't know what to do, and you start going crazy, anxiety, stress, what am I going to do, this, this, that, should I speak to that rabbi, or that rabbi, or this therapist, or this, or this person, and this, or this friend, and you go nuts, about 5,000 options, you don't know what to do, and you're anxious, and you're worried, here, Rav Nosen, Rabbi Nachman, they explain, your key out, believe it or not, is to be besimcha. It's the pasuk, the pasuk says, ki besimcha tetzeu. The pshat on this pasuk is, it's talking about the future redemption, bezet Hashem, and Hashem says, that when Mashiach comes, the Jews will leave out of joy. Rabbi Nachman reinterprets like this, Ki besimcha, through, for through, with simcha already, that's how you get out. You need a prerequisite of simcha beforehand. And he interprets, to come out is not just the final redemption when Mashiach comes. Every time you're stuck in life, your opening will be besimcha. Okay? So with all that said, and we hear this, okay, now what to do? Where's the simcha? So Rabbi Nachman said, he gave powerful advice. How to be simcha? I think you guys are going to all crack up tonight. I'm going to have everyone to have a very serious face tonight because it's Toronto cold, you know. I'm going to get you guys cracking up tonight, Bezat Hashem, to break the ice, okay? Rabbi Nachman's main teaching to be happy is to act silly and tell jokes. He said the way people are walking around Tisha B'Av and sad and depressed the only way today to get people happy and really in a positive attitude is by, yes, telling jokes and acting silly. Rav Nosson explains why. Because the simcha of holiness has fallen so much in the realm of impurity and the domain of the, of the bad. The only way that I can extract it is if I act silly and tell jokes. So, okay, are you guys ready? All together now. Oh my darling, oh my darling. Oh, you're, not, you're laughing? You're not laughing. Oh my darling, Clementine. With the laughs, hello. Okay, good, I got it. Oh, Hashem, broke the ice. Thank you, Hashem. You see how it works? You see it works? It works. Acting silly, you feel better now, right? You, you feel better? Mister, you feel better, right? Just a little bit. Please tell the truth. You feel better? Me? The one after you, the one after you. Yeah. You see, I know. <laughs> That's what it, Evan, you're okay? <laughs> it works, right? It works. It looks funny. That's the advice to act silly and tell jokes. You feel what's called the hakala in Hebrew. You feel a lightness. This is the main advice to dance and to be silly and act happy. If it works, it does the job. Then the benefit is greater than the loss. Okay, talk serious and everything. I'm in the show now. But you're, you're losing out. What you lost out by the lack of simcha, it's chaval. The gain you get by acting silly and the loss of looking stupid and everything, that loss, you know, that detrimental activity of, of losing out because I'm acting silly is nothing compared to the gain that I'm now feeling better. I'm feeling good. Now with this, if I go now, put on tefillin, I go do shabbat, I feel better now. 
There was a story in Poland before the war. There was a breast liver, Rabensionapter, and he went to visit a sick breast liver. There was a breast liver who wasn't well. And he went to do the mitzvah bikrocholi. So he went to this house of this breast liver who's lying in bed. And he said, Rabension, I'm happy you came. Oh, I'm so happy. Help yourself of a bowl of soup. He made a big bowl, he made a big pot of soup. He said, Take, your, take some soup. So Rabension took the soup. And he said, this is a soup of sadness and depression. And he poured the soup on the floor, on the living room floor. And he took the cigar to the bed. And he started dancing with him. And he said, now make another bowl of soup. Now make a pot of soup and you'll see it'll taste better now. Simcha has its repercussions. Simcha has its repercussions. One more time, please. Oh, my darling. Sing with me, please. Don't be Canadian cold, please. <laughs> oh, my darling. Oh, my darling. Oh, my darling. Clement time. Okay, good. Thank you. <laughs> All right. One of Rabbi Nachman, sorry, a story that illustrates how Simcha opens up the doors and grants you salvation that you didn't expect. There's a famous story of Rav Zushavani Poli and his brother, Rav Elimelech of Vizhensk. And they, you probably have read all those art school stories about these two tzaddikim. There was a time in their life that they were on a self-imposed galut, and they were traveling from shtetl to shtetl in Eastern Europe. And they came to one village where there was a curfew at night. There was a night curfew. And anyone out on the streets after like 8 p.m., they were arrested, put in jail until the morning, even though they were innocent, as just as a preliminary precaution to protect the village from thieves, robbers, murderers, everyone out on the streets after 8 p.m. Was, was arrested. They got to the village 10 to 8, and they didn't have time to prepare like uh, a lina, a place to lodgings, etc. So they were, the police saw them, they were caught, they took them, and they were dressed incognito. They weren't like dressed as rebbies and admorim. They were dressed as simple people, so no one knew it was them. So they were arrested with Ali Melech, with Zusha, they were put in the jail cell. And the jail cell was a big room with mattresses all around, and there was the toilet in the middle of the room to relieve themselves, which means you can't daven, you can't learn, you can't say krachma, nothing. In the presence of this item, the, the, the toilet, it's forbidden, the, the smell also, you can't do anything. So Rabbi Melech was sad. He was broken. And Rabbi Zusha, the older brother, was always the happy one. He told Rabbi Melech, why, why are you so sad? He said, look, I can't daven, I can't learn. I have to daven marv now, I have to do krachma, nothing. What do you want, garnished? I have nothing. He's, and he reminded, he couldn't say the halacha, but he said, but you're, now you're doing for the first time in your life, you, Mr. Perfect, the big tzaddik, the big macho tzaddik, for the first time now, you're going to be able to do the mitzvah, which says in the halacha, in the shulchan aruch, the halacha that says, if now you have to do a certain mitzvah, and you cannot because you're in a scenario like that, where there's a bathroom, and you cannot, you can't say shema, so you say in your heart, it's a siman in shulchan aruch, I want to do your will, but I cannot do your will because of the scenario. So please, Hashem, let it be considered ke'ilu, as if I did the mitzvah. Halacha says, you are accredited as if you actually did the mitzvah. So he told him, you're not the first time in a situation like this that you're going to be missing your marv, missing kriyat shema, or your Elimelech missing his kriyat shema and marv. Oh my God, right? Whoa, whoa, holy, holy smokes. Now you're missing it and you're now going to be doing this mitzvah for the first time. And he got him so hyped up they started dancing. All the inmates, these broken people, in Yiddish, Tzabruch and mentioned, all these broken people, Goyim and, jo- and Jews alike, they see these two funny guys dancing and looking at them. 
Rav Zushan, Rav Nachsi, everybody also looking at them. They took everybody's hands, they started dancing in a big circle around the toilet. And they're singing and singing. The warden comes and what's this noise? What's going on? They said, it's because of the toilet. He said, oh really? He opened the cell, he took out the toilet. Rav Zushan told him, now you can daven. Now you can daven. What's the point? There's a, such a powerful point here. Is that the simcha brings the solution, period. Ki besimcha tetzeu. With joy you get out. Hashem sends you an unexpected solution. You didn't even think about it. It comes your way. When you have joy and you're happy, it draws you the salvation. The openings come your way. When you start worrying, oh my God, this, 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 the, the worry itself generates the negativity around you. So you're meeting the wrong people. You have, you have it happen sometimes. When you have a bad day, all of a sudden the pen falls out. You can't now close the bottle properly. The cap falls off. And you're cursing every second. Oh, burn it. Everything's like not working out because of the negativity generated. It's causing negativity, yes? So the opposite, when there is simcha, it draws simcha. Another parable, this one I want to get to, Rabbi Nachman's main story of joy. How a person can be saved by joy is his analogy, is this little parable that he brought of a clay digger. There was a clay digger in Eastern Europe. His job was digging clay, and he came across a giant diamond, a giant jewel. He said, whoa, this must be worth tons. He went to the local jeweler in Eastern Europe in this little village. I said, I want an appraisal. How much does this cost? He said, I can't give you an appraisal. It's too big. I don't know how much it costs. So what am I supposed to do? All I can tell you to do is you have to go all the way to England to the biggest diamond exchange in London. There they can appraise you this big diamond. So this Jew, he sold everything he had. He sold his house, sold his wagon, his horses, sold everything to buy a ticket for transportation to get to England. His money ran out at the edge of the European continent. So he couldn't sail across to England. He saw there at the port a giant, giant, massive, massive ship and a captain. And he approached the captain. He says, look, my money is here. He showed him the diamond. My money is here. Okay? I will pay you. I promise you. I have money here. You can see. I don't have any cash on me right now. Please let me on your ship. And I promise you, I will pay you as soon as I cross. The captain saw the diamond. He saw he was an honest person. He said, no problem. Welcome. He gave him the suite, the penthouse suite on the ship. Giant ship. He came with him in his room, brought his little baggage, whatever he had with him. Sat down with him. The Jew took out his little toast and everything. And he's eating whatever he had, his crackers, whatever he brought with him. And the captain's sitting down with him because he's a, a wealthy guy. He has money with this diamond. So he's sitting down, talking, etc. And then the, the Jew, after the exhaustion of the journey, he began to doze off. So the captain left him alone. While he was dozing off, and he had the diamond on the tablecloth. Okay, he had the food, his crumbs, his, what he finished. And he had the diamond in front of him so he can enjoy his future good fortune. The steward came in to clean up. Because it's a, it's a fancy, schmancy penthouse in the, in the boat, right? So the steward, he came in and he didn't notice the diamond on the table. He just wrapped all the tablecloth, went to the deck, and shook everything off, including the diamond. The Jew woke up after 10 minutes. He sees the table is crystal clear. Clean, nothing on the table. He flipped out. He understood what happened. He said, I'm finished. My life is finished. It's, he's going to kill me, the captain. He's a ruthless, tough captain. You can see on his face. He's going to wipe. He's going to destroy me. What can I possibly do? He got started to be anxious and worrying what to do, what to do. He realized the one thing he can do that can save him from death, from sure death, is to pretend that everything's okay. He said, that's the one thing I can do. There's nothing else I can do. Start to tell him the truth. I lost it. He's going to kill me for sure. So he said, I'll pretend that 
I, as if nothing is wrong, and I, I'll pretend to be happy. So he did that, he pretended to be happy. And the captain came, like after 20, 30 minutes, knocked on the door. The captain opened, the, came, the captain was at the door, he let him in. And the captain came with a very like serious, but like submitted face, expression. And he said, yes, how can I help you? He says, listen, I see you're a very honest man. I have a big request, a big favor to ask of you. On this giant ship, I have an entire load. The whole ship is filled with wheat for the whole English nation, the whole English country, the United Kingdom. Tons of wheat here, and the value, believe it or not, exceeds your little your diamond, your diamond that you have, as big as it is, but the wheat on this ship exceeds that. Do me a favor, okay? I have, I'm recognized by the English government as a common merchant, and because of that, the tax rate for me to bring in the wheat is very high. You, as a newcomer, the taxes won't be, it'll be like a fraction of what I have to pay. Do me a favor, please let's sign off everything on your name. The whole entire cargo on this giant ship on your name. And when we cross the taxes in England, let's switch it back. So he said to himself, thank God, this, this is possibly this favor is what's going to save me. They did that. He signed it off on his name, okay. They crossed the border, they paid the taxes, whatever it was. And then right after that, the captain began to have like a heart attack, chest pain, gasping. He collapsed and died, leaving all of the wheat under the name of the Jew. Okay? Rabbi Nachman finishes this parable, this analogy, with the following statement. He says that the diamond really did not belong to the Jewish guy. Proof being, it was taken away from him. However, the wheat is what really did belong to him. Okay? Proof being that that's what stayed with him. And how did he come to what was really his? By even pretending to be besimcha, pretending to be happy. This is what brought him to what was his destiny. This is exactly what we're saying tonight. That the simcha, working on the simcha, is what is going to bring a person to what's really his. Your real address in life. There's a, there's a blockage? Yes, there's a blockage. What's needed to open the blockage is simcha. Not only will Simcha open the blockage, but it's going to bring you to the true address. The reason why a person is stuck and things are not working out is the person has the wrong address. Something is upside down here. Now, for me to get, based on this story, for me to get to my right address, I have to work on the Midah of Simcha. Even faking it, like in this story, even acting silly. Okay? Now, more than this, here's another example in this story, that when a person even pretends to be happy, it generates salvation. Did he in his mind think of this possibility that the captain would ask him of this favor? He didn't even think about it. He wasn't even thinking that this could happen. Totally unexpected, but it came his way because he took on a simchadik positive attitude to activate it. Okay? With all this, now we can face the topic of depression. The Ramban, on his commentary in the Chumash, he points out pretty clearly the connection between the nervous system, which is called Ma'arechet Atzabim, Atzabim is Ayn Tzadik Bet Yudmem, and the word for sadness in Hebrew, which is Atzvut, which is also Ayn Tzadik Bet as its root. He explains the Ramban, that they have the same root in their wording, to show us that one affects the other, that sadness has a direct relationship on the nervous system. Period. That really says everything, 
because it's known in medical science, in Torah science, in Rambam science, if you want, that the nervous system functioning properly, that's, that, that's everything. If the nervous system is down, it's a breakdown, that's the beginning of kidney problems, heart problems, artery problems, blood problems, all the things start with the nervous system collapsing. The Ramban's pointing out, Atzvut, if it's generated, it deteriorates the atzavim, the nerves. Meaning, Simcha, the opposite, heals the nerves. This is why Rabbi Nachman teaches that Simcha is the big healer. When a person is faced, God forbid, with malady, sickness, his first priority before anything is to be happy. And when you hear this, it's so funny because you, you assume that with this you can understand that it's very possible that people get more sick from the bad news that the doctor gives them than the actual sickness themselves. You know, a person did a blood test or something, okay, he could have been at a certain level, doctors, I have bad news to tell you, right? And the bad news he tells him makes him feel so bad that it gets him even sicker, chasa So what does it help? By the Torah standards, a doctor has one mission, verapo yirape, period, to heal. His job is to heal, not to give you bad news. A doctor has no right to give you bad news. He has to give you the good news. There's no, bad, there's no good news to say, so don't say anything. Don't say anything, because you're not going to help. You give him the bad news, he's going to feel even worse. You're going to make him die like that. Who knows all the people that we know and this and that, if now their death was attributed to the bad news given to them, making them feel bad, nervous system collapsing, and then yes, things happen. And they say, oh, he died because of this, because of that. He died because of your stupid bad news. You hear that? This is the power of being positive. It's a force. It's real. It's not a joke. We could be talking about it. But if you do like I do, oh my darling, oh my darling, okay? I'm not smiling yet. It's supposed to make you smile. Come on. Come on, Torontonians. Come on. Get out of the cold, please, okay? You're supposed to be besimcha, even for a joke. With a happy, positive attitude, you get forward. It pushes you forward. It's something Rav Nosen stresses again and again and again. That simcha is the key. You have, again, you have a struggle, you have a challenge, you don't know what to do. So what to do? You have 5,000 options. Again, this doctor, this rabbi, this person, and, and you say, but I have to do something. Come on, I'm not going to be stupid now. I have to do something. Ajaba, you have to be in the right mindset for hashgacha prati to be activated and come your way to openings. That's what I need to do, yes. Without demands that I, put, that I, that I get in a simcha mode. So going back... We said, Rabbi Nachman's main advice for being happy is to, is to act silly and tell jokes. But I can see it doesn't always work. <laughs> we try it. You can try it once, twice. Like, okay, enough already. I, I, got, I got the joke already. I can't say all day long, oh my darling, oh my darling, because you guys will get sick of it afterwards. You, get, you won't laugh anymore, right? So something else is needed. He has another advice. Another advice is to put on music, to dance, to move, to clap your hands, to get in a very, you know, hype-up attitude, good Positive, good nigunim. If you need Kalabach music, Yuda Green or Dvekis or whatever, Breast of Nigunim or Chaban or Vishnitz, whatever you need, uh, whoever it is, I don't know, Shnakov Shweki, I don't know. If you need heavy metal, whatever, <laughs> I don't know. But something that gets you feeling good and positive, uplifted, do it. Do it. Because your simcha is the big factor now to open up the doors in your life. A third advice Rabbi Nachman gives, which is difficult, yes, but it's out there and there's a lot of emphasis on this, is to find your good points. This is especially true for getting up in the morning. You have a person who aims to get up 
on davening time, you get up at 7 or 6, he sets at 11 o'clock, and he wakes up at 10 o'clock. So that type of, a person like that, what happens normally? Oh, darn it. And he starts cursing and everything. I woke up and he's like upset. Now he's already negative, right? But that's not what the Torah requires. The Torah says the first thing you say when you wake up, whether you wake up at 10 a.m. or 6 a.m., you got to say, Modani. The first thing you have to do, according to Halakha, is say, Thank you, Hashem. Thank you. Ani Modelecha. Whether I woke up 10, 11, 12, 1 in the afternoon, 2, I have to say, Modani. That's the Halakha here, right? That the Torah is teaching us the attitude in getting up in the morning, giving thanks and being happy about my good points, to appreciate what I have and not what I don't have. That, it's true. Everything we're speaking now theoretically makes sense, and we know that practically it's, easy. it's difficult. I, I, I'm, from, from experience, I'm telling you, it's not easy. You wake up, you have a negative attitude, and the day goes down because the beginning of the day was on the wrong side of the bed. So automatically, the davening was not so good, the learning, the shalom bayi, the kids, and the work, it just brushes off in the rest of the day that everything's negative. But it's there to find the good, to stop, to break that domino effect, and to put in a good thank you and a good appreciation towards Hashem can stop that flow and make things change. So we have three advices here. Acting silly, making jokes, that should be priority. If it doesn't work, then we have putting on some good music, dancing, clapping your hands, number two. Number three, finding the good points, thanking Hashem for the good points, appreciating that, Boch Hashem, I get to serve you, Boch Hashem, little me, as upside down as I am, I get to put on tefillin and keep Shabbat. Wow! To appreciate that. Another advice he brings, which is really strong, which is really far-reaching, is that a person needs a tzaddik in his life. You hear this? person needs a tzaddik. See, it's, it's a Hasidic idea, because people think, I have my shul, I have my art scroll, Dafyomi, I have my Torah study, I have Hashem, what, what, what do I need? Why, why do you drive me crazy? You breast is about having a tzaddik, a tzaddik, a tzaddik. You know, why do we need a tzaddik? Oh, a tzaddik is someone who can give you a constant boost to have new vitality and strength to start again and be positive in life no matter what happens, no matter what you go through. If you have a tzaddik, it's like an agreement, like a bond. This tzaddik will make sure no matter what you go through, he will be out there for you to give you that encouragement and that simcha to start again Bezat Hashem. Rav Nosen explains this idea in relationship to the Chorban Beit HaMikdash, the destruction of the Temple. It says in the Gemara, besides the Kotel Amarvi, the Western Wall, that wasn't destroyed, also the foundations of the Beit HaMikdash were not touched. The, the enemies, the Romans and the Babylonian, the Babylonian, they burnt the Temple up to the Yesod, the foundation, but not including the foundation. In other words, the foundation was untouched. It was burnt until the foundations. Yesod, in terminology of Kabbalah, Hasidut, refers to the tzaddik. tzaddik it's a pasuk in Mishlei. The tzaddik, yesod, olam. The tzaddik is the foundation of the, of the world. It's the foundation. In our context, the debate HaMikdash is burnt up to the yesod. Rav Nosset explains, everybody has a personal Beit HaMikdash that's burnt. You have your head, which is the Kodesh Kodashim, the Holy of Holies, and you have like the altar, the Mizbeach, which is the heart, like that song, Bilvavi, Mishkan Evne, right? The Mishkan is like the, 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 taber, the, 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 the tabernacle is in the heart, the, the, the Kodesh, the Holy of Holies is the brain, and a person, with what he goes through in life, and what he does, he's burnt out. 
burnt. He's burnt his own miniature Beit HaMikdash. When I go through my life, I've burnt my temple. However, the burning is up to the Yesod, meaning if I have a tzaddik that I'm connected to, a true tzaddik who has power to inspire me and to give me this vitality whenever I need that boost in my life, so even though I get burnt, it's up to the Yesod. It's up to the foundation and not including the, the foundation. Meaning what? That if now I have access to a tzaddik, my being burnt won't burn this concept and this thing of being attached to a tzaddik. That's untouched. That is left pure, untainted, and it's out there for me to have access. Okay? So we have all these advices how to be besimcha. And this shows that what they say, depression and anxiety, and he has to take this type of a pill and that, a person should seriously first try to work from the direction of activating simcha in life. It's because obviously no one, nobody speaks about it, that people fall more and more into sadness and depression and sadness and depression, and it's a domino effect. If now people were to emphasize, be happy, and don't be embarrassed about it. That's the whole thing now. People are embarrassed about Axili and Duomar Darling, right? They were embarrassed. But if it's going to save you, it's going to save other people, it's going to generate a smile on their face, and it's going to work, so use it. That's it. It's not, it's not just to be used, Mizat Hashem. Again, it's hard in this society, but this is what's needed. This is probably what's needed to break the, the, the stone there, is to activate the signal. So this is Rabbi Nachman's key to be saved from sadness and depression. And it's, it's possible, that again, that a person doesn't have to fall to that level of using medication and this and that. Simcha is a refuah. Simcha is a key. Bezat Hashem. We'll finish off with this one last teaching of the Zohar that teaches how far-reaching is Simcha. And it's connected to the Parsha of the Week a little bit, what we saw in Vayera. Okay? The Zohar says that there is a scenario that yes, tshuva cannot help a person. The Zohar says on the Pasuk, Vait Atsev Elibo. The Pasuk is the end of Parshat Bereshit regarding the generation of the flood. That Hashem was fed up with the generation of the flood. They were so blemished and so perverted and so immoral, etc. So the Pasuk says, Vait Atsev Elibo. And Hashem was saddened in his heart. So the Zohar points out that the grammar here doesn't fit in. Vait Atsev means, as opposed to Vaye Atsev. Right, that means that the sadness is coming from within. Okay? So if the sadness is from within, so the verse should read, in his heart. And Hashem was made sadded from within his heart. Okay? But the verse doesn't read that way. The verse reads, Alright, what's elibo? Elibo means from point A to point B. So what's going on here? That's elibo. But you just said, If it's now elibo, so the verse should read, Vayatsev Elibo. Because Vayatsev means A is making B sad. Point A is making B sad. So Vayatsev, and the sadness was made towards the heart. Elibo. Okay? So the Zor points out you have two opposite, you have like a contradiction here. It says, Vayatsev, number one. And then Elibo. So it's referring to two types of hearts. So in the Kabbalah, there are two levels of Hashem's heart, Kivyachal. There's a level called Bina, the level of understanding which is a high level, that's the root of tshuva. That's belibo, so that's vait atsev. The sadness is within Hashem's heart, which is affecting his, his level of understanding in this spirit. We won't go so much into that as Kabbalah. And then elibo is another heart, a lower one, which is called malchut. The malchut, the kingship of Hashem, is also the heart of the nation, okay? So it says here there was a double whammy. There was a double severity. There was sadness that affected Hashem's level of bina, 
and the lower level of Malchut. So what does this all mean? So the Zohar explains that you have a person who does wrong, he sins, he blemishes, and then he comes back, he says, Hashem, forgive me, accept me, let me do tshuva. Okay? So Hashem gives him another chance, okay? And then again, the person falls again, and he asks again, to tshuva, give him another chance. He goes on 10 times, 20 times, 100 times, 1,000 times, 10,000 times, until this, the heavenly court says, listen, Adkan, we keep on giving you chances again, and again, and again, and again. Enough already. How many more chances can we give you? Okay? So there's like a lower, a lower heavenly court at the level of Malchut, and that's where the chances run out. And the person is still knocking on the door. I still want to do tshuva. Even though I, I'm an addicted sinner and I keep on falling, etc., I still want to come back to you, Hashem. So the, this heavenly court of Malchut says, we'll lift you up now to a higher court, go to the level of Bina, which is the root of tshuva there. And I, we, we've given up on you, but since you keep on insisting, so you're not a higher level. So now they start again. Okay, we'll give you another chance. So again, he starts again. Can you pass the clinics, please? Sorry. Yes. Uh-huh. So now the person gets another chance, and they start from scratch. And he keeps, again, he does, he falls back, does, falls back. And he also, he runs out. 10,000 chances now at the, at the Beit Din, the heavenly court at the level of being a higher heavenly court, at the supreme court if you want to call it, they say there's no more chances. We can't give you any more chances. And by tshuva, they say the root of tshuva is at Bina. That's like the highest level for tshuva to be accepted, okay? So even though the Gemara teaches nothing stands in front of tshuva, etc., the Zohar says there exists a possibility where a person runs out of chances and tshuva can no longer help. The proof to that is the next verse. The next verse reads, Vayinachem Hashem ala ra'ah. And Hashem, like Rashi interprets, the Zohar has the same interpretation. Rashi brings two interpretations. The Zohar follows one of them. Vayinachem Hashem ala ra'ah, that Hashem took consolation on the bad. It's like the expression in the Gemara, Shata koshel tanchumim, that Hashem was already consoled and you can do nothing about it. So the Zohar says this clearly. That a person comes knocking on the door, Hashem, I want to do tshuva, please, after what I've done, Hashem says it's too late. I've already taken consolation by allowing Bina and Malchut to execute judgment against you. Tshuva can no longer help. The Zohar calls this Tokpa de Dina. Tokef Adin means a double whammy Din, where at this point, Tshuva will no longer help. Comes Rabbi Nachman, gives us an amazing opening that where Tshuva can no longer help a person, Simcha can help open the doors. For example, an analogy, you have a person now who is like sentenced to death. And they say to the person, do you have any last requests, any last wishes, right? And the guy says, I want you to bring in front of me all the generals and officials who are on my case, who signed me to be executed. I want you to bring them in front of me and I want to tell them jokes for one hour. So they bring all the officials, the generals, and he's telling them jokes, good jokes good quality jokes, and by the end of the hour, they're all cracking up. <laughs> How can we kill such a guy? You know, we need this guy. We need him. We need people like this in the world. You know what? Yeah, we let you go, okay? This is what the Rebbe, the Rebbe teaches, that where tshuva stops and can't help anymore, simcha can open the doors for such a person, okay? This is why Yitzchak, Yitzchak, as you know, in the Kabbalah, represents Gvurot, Pachad Yitzchak, the attitude of serving Hashem with difficulty and dinim and judgments that emanate from the side of Yitzchak. Why is he called Yitzchak? The Torah says last week's parasha, Tzchok, on the laughter. 
Pshat, we understand. There was a lot of laughter in the world. But what does laughter have to do with who Yitzchak represented? The representation of Yitzchak is severity, toughness, judgment. That was his whole thing. He was someone who was very severe, Yitzchak Avinu, okay? And he's called laughter to show us that the root of even holy dinim, which is the idea of Yitzchak, he's rooted in joy and laughter. Meaning, when there is major, major judgments against a person, he feels he has major, major problems, he's in a major, major hot water, the one thing that can get him out, the one advice that can lift him out, is being besimcha. And like I said, we can't be besimcha, done. we have all these advices. We'll finish off now with this final little discourse, dialogue between Rabbi Nachman and Rav Nosin. Once, Rabbi Nachman told Rav Nosin, he asked Rav Nosin, are you ever happy on Shabbat? Are you ever happy on Shabbat? And Rav Nosin said, sometimes I have an arousal, a hit or root. In Yiddish, a frumkait. I have a feeling of dveikut and attachment on Shabbat. The Rebbe said to him, that's not the way. That's not the way to connect to Shabbat. The way to enter the world of Shabbat is through Simcha. That's how you enter the domain of Shabbat. It's with Simcha. And by the way, the repercussion will be that you'll have the frumkait and the Kedusha and the, and the year and everything. But the key is to be besimcha. And then, Rav Nosin was silent. Rabbi Nachman read his mind. And he said to him, now you have what to be sad about. And Rav Nosin writes, he read my mind. Because now I'm, I'm worrying, I'm plotting. He tells me the Rebbe have to be besimcha. And I'm not besimcha and Shabbos. So how am I going to do it? So Rav Nosin answered him, at least I want to be besimcha. Okay, I'm not happy. I admit. But at least I want to be besimcha. I want that. So the Rebbe said to him, he said to everybody at the table, do you hear what he's saying? He said, correct. That's the attitude. That even if I can't be besimcha, at least I want to be besimcha. At least I recognize that this is the address. I have this chisaron. Yes, I admit, I'm a very serious person, very square, very tontonian, whatever. And I know I'm upside, I'm like very square. Okay? <laughs> I know I'm like that. But at least I want to be besimcha. I know about it. Okay? This is the, the, the real point here. If now you so much are involved in Simcha, you work on it, you eat about Simcha, you drink about Simcha, you go to sleep with Simcha, you daven about Simcha, you learn of Simcha, and you go shopping with Simcha, and everything is Simcha, 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 until it comes out of your nose. That's it. You're always just plotting, working on Simcha, until it's over-exaggerated. And your mamash, you're overdoing it. Yes, you're overdoing it. When you're faced... After this happens, you're faced with a stressful, scary situation. By reflex, by reflex, you will go to Simcha automatically. Because you so much built on working on Simcha, it becomes a part of your subconscious, so that when now you're faced with a very challenging situation, you will do the right thing. You will remember that there's a thing to be besimcha now, and you know that's the right thing to do. I suppose the person doesn't even know about it. You have the schut at least to know that there's the advice of simcha that is the opening. It's the pasuk here. It'll lead to the opening. It'll create for you new avenues, new venues to get to the right address. To your tikkun, to your destiny, whatever it is. So by working on it, developing on it, recognizing I don't have simcha in my life, this is something I have to really work on. If it's music, if it's dancing, if it's telling jokes, i got to really start telling jokes and everything, and oh my darling, and all that funny stuff, and finding a tzaddik who can always shine me this light, I'll do everything to get into simcha mode, 
until it's over-exaggerated, yes. Yes, it's overdoing it. But now, at least, I have now etched in my subconscious because I overdid it. So now, when I'm faced with really difficult situations where Simcha is needed to solve the solution because of Kibbe Simcha Tetzehu, now, Bezat Hashem, I have that opening. Which means Zoche, to work on Midat Simcha, Rabbi Nachman himself, he walked around with a very broken-hearted face expression. And he told his followers, don't learn from me. Don't copy me. I have a broken-hearted expression because I'm busy trying to make a pathway for you guys to serve Hashem. I'm cutting trees, an analogy of trees that are growing for thousands of years, to cut them to make a pathway for you guys to serve Hashem. And really I'm besimcha, but I'm busy, okay? And Avnosin, he told his son, even if you see elders of the breast of movement that they walk on for a very serious Tisha B'Av look, don't learn from them. That's not the truth. Even though they receive from Rabbi Nachman, they know better, I receive from the Rabbi that the main thing is to be besimcha, and by the way, to be from Taviyat Shamaim, but the key to be from is simcha. This especially is needed today with the world of chinuch, of education, where the old school fashion of hitting and screaming and, and that doesn't work, okay? The one way that works today is besimcha. If a parent or an educator is besimcha, the children will love that person. They'll do whatever they say that that person says to do, that parent says to do. If there's simcha, you, you want to connect to that person. When somebody's happy, the, the, the commentaries on the Tanakh, they say, I think it's the Malbim, when a person's happy, really happy, like he won the lottery or something, okay? He feels that the whole world is happy with him. <laughs> he feels like, he sees people in the street, he's like talking to them, they know what's going on. He's happy. He, he feels that they're also happy with him. It's an attitude. It's contagious because the person feels the whole world smiling at me. The whole world is smiling. There's a lot of truth in that. That's what Rabbi Nachman's teaching, that simcha is contagious. Simcha works, and that's the key for every situation in life is to activate simcha to be with this positive attitude. It's the opening. This is your key. You're at son, which be zokhe, to have simcha in our life and to be more, oh my darling, oh my darling, and to work on that visit to to be besimcha. You have to remember, though, that this is not, you're not in Toronto right now. Oh, 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 Thornhill. Kotsim, Kotsim, but Dardarim. Yeah, we're in Thornhill. <laughs> the thorns. We're not so serious over here. It's very different. <laughs> I'm happy to hear that. So, with that in mind, I want to, uh, I just want to quickly say something, but first I'm going to just change my hat here. All right, that's it. Oh, man, oh, man, Russia, that's NC, NCSY. You're good, you're good.